This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're back with an instant reaction podcast um, following the 38-17 loss to Michigan State. Um, I... I didn't see that type of loss coming, quite frankly. I thought Miami could lose this game, but I didn't think they would lose it. You know, I I don't know if decisively is necessarily the word, but I think if we're being real, Michigan State kind of controlled this entire game. David Lake here with Gabby Urrutia. Um, All right. I guess let's just... (laughs) Let's let's start big picture, Gabby, because yeah. I think that's how we have to do this, right? Yeah. So we're entering, we're, we're in year three of the Manny Diaz era. Uh, expectations, you know, enter the year, I think ranked 14th, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And you're off to a one and two start. Um, obviously not good enough. Just overall, where do you stand uh, on kind of, where the program is right now, what do you make of this? Because I think, in a lot of ways, you can make you can make a compelling argument that, you know, when you compare what Michigan State has in that big picture sense, on the other sideline, you know, year two of the Mel Tucker era, you could argue year one of the Mel Tucker era because Mel Tucker walked into a disaster last year with COVID and all that stuff going on. Uh, that affected first-year coaches, especially him, because he got zero spring football. Um, Mel Tucker uh, just got a kind of program-defining win, and Manny Diaz, in a bad way, did as well. Um, So I have a hard time. Like, you can't defend Manny Diaz anymore. I can't defend Manny Diaz anymore. Um... This is a results-oriented business, and right now Manny Diaz is not getting the results. Uh, So, I mean, we'll see. You know, after the game, Manny Diaz says all the right things in terms of the locker room needs to stick together and keep fighting and all that good stuff. Um, But I think for now, yes, I mean, that is definitely true, but he's got a pile on results moving forward because... For the next, I don't know, five, six games, um, anything less than winning, you know, let's be real. His seat is hot, and it's only going to get hotter if he doesn't start piling up results. Yeah, it just feels just like flashes of the past. You know, it just, uh, I know, David, we've said on the pod before, like, if not this year, then when? Um, You know, just a veteran roster with, you know, a bunch of upperclassmen, you know, obviously... Uh, a great quarterback I mean was supposed to be a great quarterback a veteran quarterback that has a ton of experience that you know supposed to lead this program lead this offense and still it just feels like you know the big plays aren't there Uh, defensively you're seeing a lot of the things that we've sort of seen over the past couple years and maybe if it's not like that on a set on a you know on a week weekend to weekend basis there's always like those games where it'll all come back and just really sort of bite them 
and uh you know it just seems stagnant like that's like my best way to categorize this program right now it's just it just seems to be the same thing over and over again and you know even when there is sort of little glimmers of hope like there was sort of coming into this year you know again you run into a mel tucker led team that it just seems like in year two they're much further along with much less talent i would argue than miami is uh in year three of manny diaz um it's just disappointing it's almost just like at what point um does just does this just sort of get right um i'm not exactly sure where miami goes from here Uh, i mean obviously the whole entire acc slate is still in front of them so sure you can point to the fact that there probably is still some opportunity i mean i'm not buying that even as i'm saying it but you know i i mean I, i don't even know what it is at this point this team's obviously just not ready to you know play on these types of stages play on in these types of games where it's big non-conference opponents and they come to your house to play on in an environment where you're supposed to be favored in a really hot humid day where they're from the great lakes like you know just overall just super disappointing performance yeah and you know it's year three and generally speaking i think a program knows what they have in a coach in year three right so that's that's where it's tough for Manny Diaz in terms of like, you know, this was the make or break year with getting over the hump. And and by that, I mean, going out and winning 10 regular season games, uh, you know, technically, I guess that's still possible. But I would say it is highly unlikely right now, judging by what we've seen in these first three games. Um, and yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned Miami is better than this Michigan State team. I would agree with that. Um, but what, so what was the difference if that's the case, right? You got to point to coaching, unfortunately. Um, and, and, you know, there was certainly, um, issues with players, uh, missing tackles on defense in the second half. I think you saw the defense get worn down by Kenneth Walker, the excellent running back from Michigan state in the first half. Miami left a ton of points and yards on the field um, and that kind of allowed Michigan State to hang in there. I think Miami could have put Michigan State away early that Will Mallory dropped touchdown, you know, in hindsight, of course, and at the time it was huge. Could have gone up 14 to three. Instead, you had to settle for a field goal, which Andy Borregales missed, and it is seven to three. And... um, you know, again, you keep Michigan State around. You mentioned the ACC slate, and look, Michigan State's probably going to be one of the again praising Mel Tucker. They look like they will be one of the most improved teams year over year at the Power Five level in the country, right? Um, but you know, from a talent standpoint, even from like a schematic standpoint, in terms of the way they will play Miami, Michigan State is looks like a team or looks like the ACC slate that's coming Miami's way, right? Like Virginia, yeah, the personnel is going to be different here and there, but generally speaking, Virginia is going to have one or two good offensive players you got to key in on. They're going to have a pretty good offensive line and they're going to play a bend but don't break defense. That's what we saw from Michigan State today. Um and so you you see Virginia, Pittsburgh, uh you know, Virginia Tech, North Carolina, North Carolina NC State. Um, the, to me, it's just tough. The toughest thing is like you see the way that they handled this Michigan State team, which wasn't very good. 
and it's not exactly encouraging for what's coming up here for let's be real is a, is a mediocre ACC this year um I guess let's dive into the game right let's 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 talk about this game I guess from a let's just go the good the bad the ugly uh, um good Charleston Rambo yeah right definitely. 12 for what 150 156. 156 um and two touchdowns I think he could have had more Absolutely. if they went to him more and earlier in the game. Uh, Michigan State was playing off him all game long, just terrified of his deep ball potential. Again, bend but don't break. And uh, so they were hitting him with little hitches all the way down the field. And he made a tremendous contested catch touchdown in the end zone, which I thought had a chance to maybe swing the game in Miami's favor late. But uh, again, Miami's defense just seemed worn down in the fourth quarter and couldn't get stops when they needed. Um, how about defense? I know one defensive lineman mm-hmm. impressed us, Gabby. Yeah, I mean, I would point to Chance Williams. Um, you know, he had a sack early on. Uh, he had a batted down ball. Uh, I believe it was on third down. You know, I, I thought Chance Williams looked really good throughout the. I mean, throughout the afternoon. I, I think he's probably been Miami's be- best edge rusher. Uh, you know, just in 2021, he had a he had a sack, I believe, last week against Appalachian State as well. So, you know, I think it's good to you see someone, one of the young guys flashing on defense. Um, outside of him, it's hard for me to point my finger on any one particular player that I thought really stood out. I thought Jared Harrison Hunt had a, had a couple flashes here and there. But, I mean, I'm pretty encouraged about what I'm seeing out of Chance Williams. And, you know, I think that would be big for him to sort of come on. And, you know, as the year progresses, you know, continually making those steps, you know, making those one or two plays on Saturdays that eventually turn into three or four. Um, and then, you know, so on and so forth just throughout his development. I think that he's on a positive trajectory. And, you know, he might be someone to be encouraged by, you know, coming out of this game. Uh, let's just skip the bad because I don't know how you differentiate between bad and ugly. So let's just go right to ugly. You know, we mentioned the Will Mallory drop. It's unfortunate because he's a guy that's supposed to be a key player, right? So there's that. Um, Cameron Harris, you had a big opportunity today. I think you were 11 for 44 rushing yards. That's not good enough. Uh, and look, I don't think it's all Kim Harris's fault. I would also put the play of the offensive line as ugly. Um, and if I'm going to pinpoint one area as to like why the offense is so abysmal right now, to me, it's the offensive line. They can't run block. They can't get any push. In the red zone, they can't force their way into the end zone. And the pass protection is very inconsistent. I mean, Zion Nelson... Had a play where he just whiffed on a guy, and Derek King had a uh, fumble on the blind side. So, uh, offensive line ugly. Uh, Cam Harris ugly. Uh, Gervin Hall. Gervin Hall ugly. He's going to trend on Twitter if he's not already for a a bad. I don't even know if it qualifies as a missed tackle. I'm, I'm not sure what to even call it. It's just like. I think it's just him deciding not to tackle the ball carrier and instead decided to hit a blocker that was trying to stop him from hitting the ball carrier. I'm not sure what to even like, how to even like categorize what happened on that play after like seeing the video. So that was disappointing. Um, And anything else that was ugly? Yeah, I mean, honestly, Derek King. Yeah, I mean, look, 
I don't think De'Ara King's the issue. But the four turnovers from De'Ara King is Mm -hmm. hard to ignore, right? That fumble, again, Miami shooting themselves in the foot. The fumble at the start, like Miami's first drive, right? They take the ball. They're working the ball down the field. Looks like they're in rhythm. They got a little bit going. Looks like they're at least going to get points, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown. And uh, he kind of gives up. You know, it was a weak fumble. Um, You can't fumble those kind of fumbles. And so that was disappointing. Just the, But, you know, again, De'Ara King does fight. De'Ara King keeps him in the game. So I don't think he's necessarily the issue. But four turnovers, and you, you contrast that to Peyton Thorne, who did not turn the ball over, had four touchdowns, about 280 yards. Um, you know, it, it's hard to say. I mean, Miami didn't have the best quarterback performance in the game. Uh, Michigan State did and you know part of that is because Michigan State made Miami one-dimensional by stopping the run and putting the ball in De'Ara King's hands um I don't know anything else I, I like for me I don't think effort is the issue with this team I do think they play hard um which maybe is even more concerning because that would tell you maybe the talent's not where it needs to be I don't know um Moving forward, like, okay, these are the ugly issues. Yeah. Where do we see fixes? Like, running back, can Jalen Knighton be an upgrade over Cam Harris? I think he can be, but, I mean, I just feel like you look around the roster and it's like guys that should be performing, we're just seeing them not perform. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I can even look at, like, I don't even know what Jalen Knighton's going to look like coming back behind this offensive line. So, I mean, it's hard to even say at this point. Like, it's hard for me to have confidence that a running back is going to, perform up to the sort of like standard of what a running back should look like in this offense so i mean can Jalen knight outperform cam harris i mean at this point i i would assume so it just doesn't seem like cam harris is is really just getting it done but i mean I, again i'd probably have to be in wait and see mode about that because i'm not sure who's gonna be able to run the the ball behind the way the the offensive line sort of playing right now are there any more answers on the offensive line because i don't know if there are there isn't no i i, I don't think there are I think that you've seen all the mixes and matches that you could potentially see. Jalen Rivers, I mean, comes out of the game. That's kind of, That sort of stinks. Uh, I mean, Garen Justice earlier this week called him Miami's best offensive lineman. You got to move Navon Donaldson, who was benched in this game, to the left guard spot. You already tried out the, the Justice Oluwishan and Jared Williams combination. How much did that really work out? Uh, DJ Scaife ended up playing a bunch of snaps at right tackle too. I mean, I just at this point, it's just where does Miami turn to? I don't think that there's anything currently on the roster that says you know this guy could potentially be the answer. What about tight end? I mean, look, not just tight end, but other positions. Yeah. Do you think youth movement is an answer? Number one, number two. Do you think that's even something this coaching staff will do? Because I still think they're going to ride with their older guys, like. Elijah Royo, right? You know, is he going to drop easy touchdown passes? I don't know. I mean, I'd like to say at least. Yeah, I'd like to see him. Try, I'd like to see him get out there and have the opportunity to, you know. And I mean, I feel like you saw him get uh, maybe more run today than he did last Saturday. Um, I was encouraged by what we saw to Romello Brinson. I thought he had a couple big catches. Uh, one on third down to help you know convert like a third and nine another one when Miami was pinned back way deep in their own territory sort of got him back like at least like past the 10 15 yard line 
Um, you know, I thought he made a few plays here and there, and I liked that they were willing to throw him the ball in certain situations. You saw them try Brashard Smith on a little end around that ended up getting called back for, I think it was holding, or maybe it was a Corey Gaynor, like... One uh, of many penalties. Of many, yeah, the, it was like uh, illegal blindside block on Corey Gaynor. So, you know, I think that there's opportunities for these young guys to get in there. I mean, defensively, I know there was a point where Cameron Kitchens and James Williams were out there at safety at the same time. So, I mean, at this point, I think Miami needs to start integrating those young guys. I mean, if these older guys aren't performing, I mean, what, what, I, I, what you're one and two at this point. Like, at this point, is putting Leonard Taylor into the defensive line rotation, is that going to make you worse? Like, is that going to make your defensive line worse? Like, no. Like, it's getting James, James Williams had a touchdown-saving tackle. Yeah, he horse-collared the guy, and he got 15 more yards. But James Williams doesn't make that tackle. I mean, that's a touchdown. I feel like you got guys back there that... You know they're going to play hard, and are they going to be perfect? No, but you know at the end of the day, that that's your future of your defense or those guys and the offense as well. At one and two right now, with a lot of people not maybe performing up to the standard, why not just give those guys some run, man? Like, what do you got to lose at this point? You're not going to win ten. You're probably not going to win ten games. Winning the ACC or winning the Coastal is going to be tough at this point. So, I mean, I just start sort of grooming those guys and see what they got at least. To me, the biggest argument for youth movement is recruiting. Yeah, because they got to. Like, this season kind of is what it is right now. You got to hold on to the few commits they do have. And they got to show recruits they want to get, which it's now going to be really hard to get these big-time players, that, hey, we are willing to put our freshmen on the field. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's the case to be made there beyond just the poor performances of the older guys. Let's just touch on a couple more things, Gabby, and we'll get out of here. Defense. What's our take on the defense? Because I don't know if it's necessarily the issue, but at the same time, I don't know. It's not good enough, I don't think. You know, zero turnovers today. Mm -hmm. You contrast that to Michigan State's four. Um, That's disappointing. Um, You know, I think coming into the season, right, we thought this defense was good enough if the offense was legitimate, which which we thought the identity of this team would be. Instead, right now, the defense is kind of good enough, and the offense is putrid. So, I don't know. what. Like, is this defense up to the Miami standard? I would definitely say no. But I don't think it's necessarily bad or the problem. I don't know. I mean, the dam did break wide open here at the end of the game when, you know, Michigan State obviously won it. But what do you make of this defense? Yeah, I mean, if you would have asked me a month ago, if like, oh, if you would have told me a month ago that right now the defense would be ahead of the offense, I just, yikes, yeah, yikes. Um, it seems like that's what it's been. I mean, I feel like for the first like three quarters, like I feel like it was good enough to win. You know, I feel like they played well enough to win. You know, I don't, I didn't think it was perfect by any stretch, but I mean, at the same time, if the offense is the twenty twenty offense, I think Miami is in a much better situation. You know, I think if let's say Will Mallory catches that touchdown pass, you go 14-3 rather than, I mean, that ends up flipping to 10-7. I mean, you have a 14-point swing right there. Um, You know, I think things are different there too. You know, I think Tyreek Stevenson had a chance for an interception. He dropped it. You know, it's like those plays that aren't happening that, you know, that maybe there's an opportunity there. But, I mean, overall, I don't think they're tackling great. Um, I don't think that they're the strongest unit, obviously. Like, I don't think it's, again, I don't think it's up to Miami standard, which what's the standard anymore? Um, I feel like that's gotten kind of blurry. Um, Ouch. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> it's just, uh, it's, it, 
they haven't been horrible. They haven't been great either. But I mean, I just to me, I just go back to the offense and just the fact that I would have never guessed that they would play this poorly. Just it's it. it's kind of like a no name defense, and yeah. and not and typically when you say that, it's like a good thing, right? It's yeah. a it's a it's a defense that's playing above themselves. I don't think that's what this group is doing. But what I'm getting at is, I don't know if there's like game changing stars, no. right? So. We'll see. I mean, you know, they got to keep they, – they again, the defense does play hard, which does matter. Yeah. Um, let's get out of here on this note, Gabby. Um, I think I close – well, first, I do think – I don't think we've touched on, like, De'Eric King. One thing to keep an eye on this week, and, and who knows if you should play him anyways against Central Connecticut. Yeah. I mean, it would have been nice, I guess, to maybe get confidence with the offense and yeah. get in a rhythm, but – I don't know if that's even going to be possible because it does seem like Derek's shoulders kind of messed up. Yeah. Um, we saw him walking off and his shoulders clearly like leaving this when we were leaving the stadium, he was leaving the stadium with his family and his shoulders clearly in a sling Yeah, under a hoodie, but right. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think it was it's not right. Definitely not. Um, so that's just something we'll have to monitor this week. Um, but let's get out of here on this, right? So I think I closed the po- the last podcast by saying the team looked like an eight, maybe a nine win team. Mm-hmm. After today, uh, unfortunately, I'm going to like six or seven. Yeah. Am I overreacting? No, you're not. I don't think you're overreacting. That's about where I am. Like, I mean, you said it. Like, Michigan State is about what you're going to see the rest of the way, right? Like, Michigan State's not going to win the Big Ten. They're probably going to end up, like, once they get into conference play, like, you know, they run into Iowa and Ohio State and those types of teams, Michigan potentially. Like, this could end up being, you know, like a maybe upper middle of the pack. But, I mean, I don't see those people comp- – I don't I don't see the Spartans contending for a Big Ten title. And, like, you know, again, the ACC isn't the strongest either, but that's about who you're going to be seeing on a week-to-week basis going forward. And, you know, if this is the potential on any given Saturday, like, I can't sit here confidently and say Miami's going to win even eight games at this point like i mean i I guess they have the potential to ensure they probably have the personnel to but will they based on like the last few performances i mean i don't think anyone can just confidently say that at this point yeah this is a time for leaders leadership to step up in the program whether that's the coaches whether that's the administration i think it's you know we'll see how things play out uh you know coaches deserve a chance to dig themselves out of a hole in game three of a season um, but it's not going to be easy for Manny Diaz to win this fan base back. And once that happens, it's kind of uh, a writing is on the wall situation, right? So uh, we'll leave on that grim note. And um, we, <laughs> I guess our next podcast will be on Monday when we, yeah. after we watch this Michigan State game. Can't wait. And after we have our weekly press conference with Manny Diaz and Rhett Lashley. So stay tuned for Monday's content. Appreciate all you guys listening. Appreciate all you guys sticking with us, even though this program is always disappointing us and and mediocre. Um, Your listenership does mean a lot to us. So on that, uh, till next time, guys, take care. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town. 
And they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+.